Good morning and welcome to Bloomer Baptist Church. As we begin today, I want to thank all those who came to the church workday yesterday and helped out as I was unable to attend due to my son's football practice, but it is great to see the church, the people of Bloomer Baptist Church coming together to get things done. A special thank you to Bob and Seamus, to Bob Wondro and Seamus Brindle, as they help head up so much work around the church and our deacons, serving so often behind the scenes. Good morning. We transition today to a new and final series in this Ephesian study, The Armor of God. Please open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. The scripture will be on the screen for you, but sometimes it's hard to see depending on where you're sitting. Please follow along as I read, and actually let's stand today as we read God's word together. Finally, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against the we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Forgive me, let me start over at verse 13 here as I get distracted. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand firm, stand therefore, stand, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication to that end. Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me, that words may be given to me in the opening of my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Thank you for following along as we read God's words this morning. And I remind you, as we kind of end with this idea for which I, Paul, am an ambassador in chains that I may declare boldly as I ought to speak. Paul is in prison for proclaiming the word of God, in prison for Christ, to do Christ's work. And as he's in prison, he's still praying to boldly speak as he ought to speak. As he's in prison, he sees these Roman guards, he sees his chains, he sees their armor, and he comes up with this great illustration or idea of the armor of God. And Paul starts out saying, finally, finally, finally be strong in the Lord. Finally, 19 weeks in Ephesians, and the end is in sight. 
Not today, though. Some of you may be thinking, finally, we move on to the good stuff. Well, all of God's word is good stuff, my friend. Some of you may be thinking, finally, we're at the end. Finally, after saying so much about our personal earthly relationships within our marriages, our families, and God, those God has placed us under or over, Paul transitions to a new idea. Paul wants to emphasize that people are not our ultimate problem. The physical is not our ultimate problem either. Humanity's true struggle is not against flesh and blood only, but against the evil, spiritual, supernatural forces. Finally, Paul says, finally, Paul is also transitioning here to the final part of his message, moving from physical to spiritual discussion. How are we to prepare to live, to fight in our Christian life? Well, number one, we must be aware of the battle. Finally, be aware of the battle. We have learned a lot about our salvation, about Christ and our blessings and responsibilities as Christ followers in this physical world. But Paul does not conclude his letter without talking about the spiritual battle of which we also face. Finally, Paul gives us insight into the great strengths we have as Christians, the armor of God. You see, an NFL football player would be silly and destined for injury or death if he did not go on that field with his helmet and pads. A fireman would be destined for injury and death without their fire retardant suit, mask, in an oxygen tank. A soldier would be destined for death if they did not go into battle with proper training, weapons, body armor, and other essential gear. You see, we as Christians must not go into battle without the life-providing, protecting, and sustaining equipment, the body armor God has blessed us with to withstand every evil and supernatural temptation or threat which comes our way. This is the armor of God. How shall we live? How shall we breathe? How should we speak? How should we think? We do all these things with the full armor of God. This will not be a quick end to our Ephesians study. We may say, finally, we've arrived to this, to this concluding message of Paul, but finally, we'll still last approximately seven to eight weeks as we dig into each piece of this armor independently. And we're in just in time for Thanksgiving and Christmas season. Today, we focus on Paul's introduction to this concluding message, one of great importance. Let me read just this section, verses 10 to 13. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Okay, everybody, we are aware of the battle. There is a battle going on all around us, and it is a spiritual battle. We know this. Paul makes sure of this. So number two, 
knowing there is a battle, being aware of the battle, we must be strong in the Lord. It's interesting that Paul states, finally, be strong in the Lord, because I think we have a serious problem on our hands today, and there's, they had this problem back then too. 2,000 years ago, they still had this problem. We want to think and act as if we are God. In a world full of war, we want to think we in our own power by some crazy notion have the power to prevail. And often, so often, too often, days go by, weeks go by, sometimes years go by for some people who call themselves Christians. And yet they don't open up the word of God. They don't pray amidst these great times of distress. We so often seek help from friends, family, total strangers on the internet before we even speak to or seek our great God in prayer and his word or seek out those he has placed around us as brothers and sisters in Christ or as leaders in our churches. Paul reminds us here to be strong in the Lord. And Exodus 15.3 reminds us that the Lord is a warrior. Yahweh is his name. There are numerous other scriptures as well which speak of his great power, his great might, and we need his strengths. It will do you no good to put on the armor of God and go into battle if you have no source of strengths or your strength is misplaced. All the armor in the world does you no good if you have not the strength to put it on and wear it as designed. One illustration I found goes like this. Can you imagine a knight, a knight of shining armor, of putting on all that heavy armor and trying to go into battle when he is sick and weak with the flu? You know what will happen? Despite his heavy armor, he will be cut down by the enemy very quickly because he will have no strength to lift the shield, move out of harm's way with his feet, or swing his sword. The first step in preparation for battle is to be strong. And in the spiritual battle as Christians, that strength cannot be found in ourselves. Paul says, finally, as if to say you've tried everything else, finally be strong in God. Amidst all the things he has discussed regarding our homes, our relationships, or responsibilities as Christ followers, we must remember to place our hope in the right direction, in God. There's great evil all around us. 2 Corinthians 4, 8-9 says, We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. That was 2 Corinthians 4, 8 to 9. There is a battle all around us, but we will not be destroyed. We need not be perplexed or in despair, for we can find strength in the Lord. How might we as sinful, weak human beings survive such evil all around us? Look for help in the right direction, up to the heavens, up to God, not yourself. Psalm 121 reminds us, from where does my help come from? the maker of the heavens and the earth. And this God, the true God, he does not slumber. He is with you always. But in order to be strong in the Lord, we have to be abiding in him. As John 15 reminds us, we must be drawing our life from him. And this requires trust and obedience to his will. Number three, we must know the enemy. We know we're in a war. We know we need to be strong in the Lord. Well, we need to know our enemy, know what direction to fight. The enemy is the devil, Satan, Lucifer, 
the great deceiver. We are warriors in a supernatural battle against a spiritual being. It is estimated that more than 14,500 wars have been fought from 3600 BC to the present day. And that number keeps rising. In fact, during the same time period, there have been over 5,305 years of war and only 300 years of peace. A fact I found on the internet, but it's believable how often we go to war with our neighbors, our friends, our family members, let alone other countries, other civilizations around the world. The Bible depicts countless battles. From Genesis to Revelation, there are both physical and spiritual wars to be found. It should not surprise us that the world is at war. Matthew 24, 6-7 says, And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, for nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. However, the primary focus of Scripture is the ongoing conflict between Satan, Christ, and our sins. Revelation speaks that what began as a cosmic war in heaven will someday soon end. And in this showdown between good and evil, truth and light are under constant attack from deception and darkness. And like it or not, every one of us will be involved. The battleground for this intense spiritual battle is not some piece of earthly real estate, though. It is the human heart. Both Jesus and the devil are supremely interested in winning possession of our minds, of our souls, of our hearts. Both Jesus and Satan want our loyalty. And one cannot serve two masters. Who will it be? Jesus or Satan? Who will we serve loyally? You see, Christians are called to be more than peaceful spectators or mediators in this cataclysmic conflict between good and evil. We must be committed soldiers on the front line. But sometimes this looks very different than what we imagine. Sometimes it's not lifting our arms with a physical sword and chopping down any enemy that comes in front of us. We must be committed to proclaim of God's love for the world, Christ's sacrificial love, the hope to be found and trust in him. We must show them something different than what they see all around them. We must show them Christ's sacrificial love. We must show them hope to be found in trusting in him. We must show them that there is a better way of living. We must show them that we must repent of sin, turn away from sin, and find redemption to life and hope forevermore in him. We must show them God's righteous ways of living, proclaim of his ways, live in his ways, proclaim of God's sovereignty and control, proclaim of God's glory. The battle we are in is one of a spiritual nature, and therefore the weapons we employ must also be spiritual. We must use weapons from the divine armory of God. Paul reminds us in Ephesians 6.12, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. You see, the Ephesian people were extremely aware of the spiritual battle around them. They were very spiritualistic, and it is believed that they had over 50 temples in the city to different gods. 
Most of us don't even think about this idea today of a spiritual battle going on all around us. Far too often we fail to think about the ultimate reason for the evil around us, sin and the devil's work in the world. We fail to act in spiritual ways to combat it. And we'll get to spiritual ways, but first, 3B, we must know the enemy's strategy. He is scheming against the Christian. Satan, Lucifer, the devil has been referred to by many names, but one of them is the great deceiver. You see, many make joke of Satan. We picture him as a red, funny-looking character, a cartoon character with a pitchfork. We dress up as him at Halloween time and parties and make TV shows in his honor. Satan loves us. He loves us not taking him seriously as we joke and laugh. He is plighting, scheming against us. Like an opposing football team watching all the game tapes of the team they're about to play, he is watching us learning our weaknesses. We must take him seriously. Satan lies, cheats, steals, and conceals. He manipulates and he twists the truth. In 1 Peter 5, 8, Peter gave a firm warning and reminder to be sober-minded, be watchful for your adversaries. A devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. You see, he schemes against the Christians and plays us against each other. For if he can divide, he can begin to conquer. He can weasel himself into our lives. But we know from God's word that he may be here for a time, but God is truly in control and will reign always. We know Christ has been victorious. We will be in God's presence for all eternity and need not fear. But still, we must use the knowledge that God gives us. Remember, Satan wants to twist the truth, to make us think that everyone is against us, that we have no fellow soldiers in this war, no one on our team, no friends. He wants us to think we cannot trust God and must figure out things on our own, or our pastors, our brothers and sisters in Christ, our spiritual families are not to be trusted. But all of these are lies. God has divinely placed people in our lives to help us in this battle. God has also given us his word as a lamp to our feet to guide us in truth, in life, in hope. Trust in his word, trust in his people, trust in him and his ways, always. Our God will prevail, always. Yes, Satan deceives and manipulates. Satan schemes to draw you away from the strengths of God or at least to distract you from the remembrance of it. Draw near to God. 2 Corinthians 2.11 reminds us, so that we would not be outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his designs. Be aware of the battle. Know your enemy. Know his strategy. Some examples of Satan's schemes are blinding people via false doctrine. 2 Corinthians 4 and 1 Timothy 4. Enticing to indulge in desires of the flesh and mind, Ephesians 2. Persecution upon those who try to do right, 1 Peter 5. But with the Lord's help, we can stand. It's what scripture tells us today. We can stand. Please note though, we do not need to be overly focused on this spiritual war. We will be right now for we're studying it today. But scripture does not overly focus on it either. The repeated message of God's word is 
balanced. For we need not be afraid of Satan's schemes, for our God is greater. But we do need to be prepared. Number four, know your strength and stand. Know your strength and stand. Our strength comes from the Lord, and in the armor of God, he provides. We must stand upon these things. Do not be naive. Don't be overly confident, arrogant. Do not think you can do it all alone. Do not give Satan an inch or he will take a mile. Take the threat seriously. Do not think for one moment that if you do not acknowledge that evil forces out there, that they simply will cease to exist or will ignore you in your life. Evil is always around us. We must acknowledge this so that we might start battling with the proper weapons and wisdom of what works and what does not work. What works? Standing firm with God's armor. All the armor. God's holy word tells us to stand firm. More than this, we are told that if we put on the full or whole armor of God, we will be able to withstand the evil, but only through God's might and his equipping. A Christian's true power is the Lord's power within us. How strong we are on our own doesn't truly matter. Tony Stark, Iron Man, can't defeat evil without his Iron Man suit. A soldier cannot fight without his or her equipment. A football player cannot take the field without their helmet and pads. We need our armor to fight the evil one in this battle. Finding strength in ourselves may actually get in the way as we have a false sense of confidence. It is when we are broken and weak that we realize we must depend on God, his strength, his might. As one pastor said, beware of your strengths, not just your weaknesses. In your strengths is where you're most likely to forget about God. Let me say that again. Beware of your strengths, not just your weaknesses. In your strengths is where you're most likely to forget about God. This is why we struggle with so many earthly, worldly, sinful desires of the flesh, addictions, and things which control our lives. We think we are strong enough on our own, but then Satan throws something our way and we are reminded how weak we are and we run away from the direction of God's strength and into our weakness and sinful desires instead, right into Satan's schemes. Equip yourself with God's might and the armor only he provides. As we equip, start with Jesus. We are destined for hell due to our sins without Christ. We are destined to misery and Satan's dominion without him. When you know the truth that Jesus is the only one who can save and change you, the other approaches the world offers, such as being a nice person, making yourself your own God, being who you want to be, start to look ridiculous. Start with Jesus. We need Jesus. The world needs Jesus. We know that to get healthy and lose weight, we have to eat right and exercise. We can't simply close our eyes while we eat chocolate cake, expecting the calories to disappear. You can't just eat foods that start with the letter H for healthy or eat cake in the shape of a banana. There's only one way to get healthy, eat right and exercise. The same is true for our spiritual health amidst great, the great spiritual battle we are in. There's only one way to have true spiritual life, a righteous life, and that is through trusting in Jesus as Lord. Then as we seek him and his will, 
his ways, we find his provisions in the armor of God. What is the armor of God? We'll get more into this in the weeks to come, but it's the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, and we must pray. Come next week as we dig in deep, as we discover the armory, as we suit up, armor up, and equip ourselves for battle. For a Christian warrior is an equipped warrior, equipped with God's strength and might, equipped with not just physical armor for a physical battle, but spiritual and divine assistance to fight the supernatural forces of evil all around us. No Christian is a spiritual civilian. We are all soldiers, warriors, and therefore we must live in a state of spiritual preparedness and battle readiness at all times. We must always be on high alert and looking out for the spiritual evil one's attacks. We do not live in bondage to fear, for we have all we need. We have who we need. Christ gives us life and God gives strength and armor to prevail in his will and for his glory in this life. Prevail. Walk with Christ and in his ways every day. Before we close, a few final applications, starting with this. Are you equipped with God's strength? Pray. Let's start with week, this week by praying, not simply against or for the physical as we so often do but recognizing the spiritual battle we are in. Pray against the spiritual armies at work around you. Pray against the spiritual armies, against the evil one's plights and schemes at work within our world today, within our families, within our friendships, within our schools, within our government, within the world. You are a new creation and Christ has worked in you and you have the Holy Spirit at work within you and your life. Don't allow Satan to take your focus off of your great God and his strengths, his presence. Pray for God's supernatural power and wisdom to come upon you each day as you fight for God's glory and righteousness. Pray for yourself. Pray for others. Pray for God's word to be spoken to the nations. Pray for revival. Pray for disciples. Pray for God's will. Pray for God's glory. Are you equipped with God's strengths? Study, study his word, study and meditate upon the word of God daily, apply it to your life, hide it within your heart, memorize it so you will not fail to the temptation and sin. Live right by doing right and resting on Christ's provision of life and salvation. Are you prepared? Ask God, pray to God, ask him to help you to be aware of the battle around you, to find strength in him, to know your enemy and his strategy and to be reminded of your strengths in him and his provisions, his great armory. Listen closely. Personal weakness or a lack of confidence is not a bad thing. It drives us into the loving arms of our father. Our help comes from the Lord and he is strong and mighty to save. Remember this from Romans 5 and Colossians 2. When you were lost, he chose you. When you were guilty, he forgave you. When you were dead, he raised you. And if God gave all that grace to you when you were his enemy, surely he won't give up on you now that you are his beloved child. The one who created the world will be with you to, set, to see this thing through. 
His promises will always come to be. Depend on him, for he is strong and mighty to save. Let's close in prayer and song now. And one reminder, there is a Sunday school teachers meeting after service, so make sure you're there. If you're missing it today, please contact Jessica, myself, Chuck, so we can cover some of the basics. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for we can pray to you as we do right now. You give strength, you give hope, you give life. You are mighty to save. We thank you for your word and that we can study it and understand it with the Holy Spirit's guidance. Lord, we thank you for we are never alone. May we find strength in you each and every single day to fight, to stand up for what's right in this world today. But may we not just look to the physical problems. May we, remind, may we be reminded of the sinfulness in this world and the devil's works, the supernatural forces of the evil one at work today and every day. May we pray against such things as you equip us with the full armor of God. And it's in your holy and powerful name we pray. Amen.